Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about style conversations. Estefania was 30 days into leading a large division of scientists and doctors. We were discussing her direct reports. In general, she seemed pleased. Except for Michael, she said. He's already pressuring me to reorganize the division. <laughs> I barely know where the bathroom is, as if I'm ready to think about a reorg. I think he's going to be impatient with me. I move a lot slower than he does. How do you imagine handling that with him, I asked. The way I always deal with people like him, flex my style. She said, listen, Tom, I'm well aware that I am slower than many people. I am. So I've gotten used to flexing my style, but I can only flex so much. Okay, so one thing you'll do with Michael is flex your style a little. What else? I don't know. I don't want to get to the point where I have to confront him, but it may come to that if he pushes too hard. What would a confrontation sound like, I asked. She gave a little shiver. Oh, boy, just thinking about it stresses me out. To be honest, Tom, I pretty much avoid those conversations, if at all possible. I always have. We sat in silence a moment, and then I smiled and asked, Do you suppose Michael avoids confrontation? I am sure he doesn't, she said. The entire way he approached the topic of the reorg was, well, not confrontational exactly, but I would say forceful. I raised my hands one at a time. So we have a direct report who's comfortable with confrontation, and we have a boss who isn't. Pretty different styles, I'd say. Are you saying I should confront him, she asked, eyes wide? No, I'm saying these are just different styles. I'm saying that I think it's possible to talk about differing styles in a way that'll help build the relationship, not undermine it. She gave me a side-eye, saying, maybe in some idealized world, not in mine, I really do not like that kind of conversation. Because why, I asked. Because I want people to get along. When they don't, it makes me anxious, and my anxiety rubs off on others, and they get anxious too. The whole cycle is bad. Oh, I understand, Estefania, I really do. I know that harmony is important to you. I'm just wondering if it's possible to have this conversation and have harmony too. Possible, she said. I'm sure it's possible, but it's certainly not anything my mother taught me. Mine either, I agreed. And then more seriously, I said, I'm proposing a script for this conversation, a model you can follow to help you have a harmonious conversation about your different styles. Really? Okay, she said. She adjusted in her seat as she shifted into learning mode. I put up my hands, ready to make air quotes, and said, The title of this script is Style. The script contains not even a hint of anything being right or being wrong. No person is right or wrong. No style is right or wrong. Style is style. It just is. We all have one, and some styles flow more easily together than others. <laughs> as I well know from my own life, she said good-naturedly. Well, as we all know, right, I said with a laugh. And that is the magic of the style conversation. Style conversations help different styles flow together more easily. 
dryly, she muttered, I'll have to see about using this script with my sister. I said, so let's start with the trigger. When do you need a style conversation? The trigger I use most is when I notice I'm annoyed with someone. Someone is consistently late, I get annoyed. Someone consistently does not do what they say they will do, I get annoyed. And when I notice I'm annoyed, that's the trigger. I say, hold on, wait, stop. Before I start down some angry, blaming rabbit hole, let me try a style conversation. She said, blaming others isn't really my thing. Most often I think I'm the problem. You know what, I said? Style conversations can help with that too. Maybe you could use that as your trigger. When you notice yourself thinking you're the problem, try a style conversation. Well, I think that way a lot of the time, she said. Okay, then, maybe this script will be the antidote. Here's how it goes. You begin by creating two poles, one for each of your styles. You find the first pole, Michael's pole, by starting with the irritant. So let's think about Michael. What's the irritant? He thinks I'm too slow, she said. Well, that might be what's irritating him about you, but what might you find irritating about him? She said quite calmly, He's impatient and a bit forceful. Great, I said, impatient and forceful. Okay, that's what irritates you about Michael. That's step one, naming the irritation. Now, we have to take whatever the irritation is and make the name into something that adds value. You're joking, she said. We're following the script called style, right? Style demands that both poles be aspirational. Neither one of you is the hero here. Neither one of you is the villain. You both just have your styles. So the script asks you to imagine how the irritant, which is what prompted all this in the first place, right? How sometimes does the irritant have a positive impact? How does Michael's impatience and forcefulness add value sometimes? She said, it's a little early for me to be sure about Michael, but I've known a lot of people like him. And to be honest, even before med school... People like him have been tough for me. So they don't add value, I asked. No, they do, she protested. Like how? Well, they speak up. I'm slow to speak up in a group. People like Michael have no fear of speaking up, so they raise topics that need to be raised. That adds value. What else, I asked. They make decisions faster than I do, and actually, that helps keep me moving forward. I don't think those people know they're having that effect on me, but they do, and I appreciate it most of the time. Well, some of the time. Some of the time it's too much. I don't like that. I nodded and said, that's a perfect understanding of style. Sometimes a style can be irritating, and sometimes it can be great. So when it's great, what are you going to call Michael's style? She gave a thought and then spoke slowly, weighing it as she said it, I think I'd still say forceful, but in a positive way. Okay, so on one pole, we have forceful to be aspired to. Now, second pole, your pole. When your style is adding tons of value, what does it look like? I make peace, she said. I like people to be happy. I do that by solving lots of problems and working my ass off. Hey, Estefania, I'm just curious as a side note. Would that describe you at home, too? Solving problems and working my ass off, she asked. In a lot of ways, yeah, she said with a bit of surprise. But being a peacemaker is really how I live my life. Nice, I said admiringly. So you're the peacemaker. That's 
your pole. So we have our two poles, forceful and peacemaker. Now, we put them out at either end of a long continuum. I mean, these two poles are far apart. I pointed my arms in either direction. But running between them all the way is a line. And you and I in this script are standing right on the midpoint of this line, looking up and down the line. And somewhere on the line in that direction is Michael, representing a dot on the forceful side of this continuum. And somewhere on the line in the opposite direction is you, representing a dot on the peacemaker side of the continuum. And there are other people on the line with you, too, you know, on both sides of middle, because there are lots of peacemakers and forcefuls in the world. Are you with me so far? She said, I see how this is a helpful way to think. I really do. What I'm waiting for is what's supposed to come out of my mouth. Ah, yes, the script. Okay. The script is dependent on you talking from the midpoint, not from your place as peacemaker. So the Estefania that is standing on that line somewhere is going to step off it and come to the midpoint and invite Michael there too. And the two of you are going to talk about the versions of Michael and Estefania who at the end of this conversation are going to resume their places on the line. She said, what are you talking about? That made me laugh really hard. I said, okay, let me demonstrate. Here's what the opening of a style conversation might actually sound like. Hey, Michael, thanks for bringing up the reorg. I promise it is on my radar. It may not happen as fast as you like, but it is not forgotten. And then he says whatever he says, and you talk about that. And then at some point you say, Michael, I want you to know how much I appreciate working with someone who has your style. People like you help keep me moving forward. And I'm going to trust that you will raise topics that need raising. I want you to know you are heard. I do hear you, even if I don't always move as fast as you'd like. It's just my style. It's how I am in the world. I promise I'm not trying to annoy you. And if I do, feel free to call me on it. She said, holy cow, I would love to talk like that. What did you like about it, I asked. It was just full of appreciation and self-awareness and no judgment. I said, I think that happens when you talk from the midpoint. She went on, plus it was completely optimistic, which makes the peacemaker in me very happy. I'm good, I said. I'm glad it sounded that way. She asked, is someone like Michael going to think it's sappy as hell? Actually, Estefania, I think there's a directness in it that he might appreciate. She said, So the script is about saying, hey, I'm this way, that's my style, and I'm okay with it. And you're that way, and that's your style, and I'm okay with that too. Is that it in a nutshell? Yes, Estefania, that is perfect. Later, she told me that her style conversation with Michael was a little bumpy, but ultimately productive. She was planning a style conversation with her sister, too. She was excited to find a script that helped her clearly display the look and sound of leadership. Oh, I hope this was helpful for you. Style conversations have transformed my ability to talk with people about behavior. It has been such a gift in my life, and I would love to share what I've learned with you. 
this section after the story, in my head, I think of it as the commentary. And today, there are two things in the commentary that I want to share with you. Here's the first one. I want to deconstruct the style script for you. You just heard the script. There were three elements in it that I would really like you to hear as specific parts. I want to show you the parts so that you can craft a style conversation for yourself. So just to be clear, I'm referring to the section when I spoke as if I was Estefania talking to Michael, right? And here's the first part of what Estefania might say. She might say, hey, Michael, thanks for bringing up the reorg. Okay, that's element number one in the style script, appreciation. I do not think this is necessarily easy. (laughs) I can imagine that when Michael approached Estefania and started talking about a reorg, that she just wanted to like put her palm on her forehead and shake her head. But one of the reasons that leaders like her are so successful is their ability to flex their styles. Estefania had high awareness of her own style. And one part of her awareness was that people like Michael are hard for her, and they have been for a long time. So for her, turning an irritant into appreciation may not be easy, right? But that's where you have to start. Appreciation. That's element one. Okay. And then she goes on and does elements two and three right away. She makes a pledge and she makes an offering. Numbers two and three, a pledge and an offering. Let's start with the pledge. She says, I promise it's on my radar. It may not happen as fast as you like, but it is not forgotten. She is making a pledge to him, and she is speaking directly to the part of Michael that she thinks might be impatient with her. Because she recognizes his style, she can talk to that impatient part of him and say, hey, I've got it covered. That's her pledge. And then she makes an offering. What is she offering? She is offering her style. She is naming it. She's giving it language. She's making it something safe that can be talked about. She even says later, she says, hey, if I annoy you, call me on it. She's saying it may not be your style, but it's mine and I'm okay with it. She is offering Michael her style. So, That was the first thing I wanted to talk about, the three elements in a style conversation, appreciation, pledge, offering. Now, are there only those three things? No, but oh my gosh, could you get those three things to be comfortable coming out of your mouth? If so, I think you'd be a rock star. The truth is, this is not how people normally talk. I wonder, have you ever, ever, ever had someone talk with you like that? It is not the norm. I, when it happens for me in my life, it's like the sky's opening up. I remember being in my 20s and hearing people talk like this and thinking that it was different and that it was really attractive to me, but I had no idea how they did it. Well, now that I can do it, I know what helped me. What helped me was working with assessments year after year after year with lots and lots and lots of different people. I have used the Myers-Briggs type indicator. I'm sure that many of you have done that. I use the DISC behavioral self-assessment. I know many of you have done DISC. Assessments like that identify behaviors that are all over the spectrum. And then I got to talk to people all over the spectrums 
And what I learned was always true is that they all have powerful strengths and they all have places that are underdeveloped. Assessments give you language for style conversations. So here's what I wonder. If you have had an assessment, I wonder, does this become easier? Can you imagine thinking this way about people? Can you imagine talking to someone with appreciation, a pledge, and an offering when you're irritated? Could you find appreciation? You know, I hope you can. So that was all of number one, deconstructing the script, giving you the three elements. Number two is different. Number two is about perspective. I will talk about perspective after this month's gratitude. This month's gratitude starts with a giant bow to all of you and an apology. My bow is in gratitude to those of you who filled out the survey last month. I thought there'd been a lot of people that first month, but this month there were even more of you. Thank you so much. If you're wondering what's going on, Essential Communications, my company, is in the early stages of remaking our website so that it's easier for all of you to get the support you have been asking for. So we want to know your story so that we can build the right website for you. And so we've been asking people to go on and complete surveys. And one lucky person gets drawn for a free hour of coaching with me. So this month, you told wonderful stories. Thank you for being so thoughtful. I bow before you. And now I apologize because the vast majority of you experienced a glitch without even knowing it. We didn't capture your names and email addresses. And by the time we realized what had happened, a whole slew of you had already completed the survey. So I was like, this is not fair to do a drawing. So there will be no free coaching this month. I am so, so sorry. But George, George in Hawaii, who is our web architect, will pick two names this month. So I will talk to two of you soon. Because there is a new survey, it's very short, four quick questions, and please enter your name if you want to win. Just so you know where we are in time, the link is live now. This episode is going live November 5th, 2020. The link will stay live until November 20. The link is in the show notes if you want, or just go to essentialcom.com slash survey, and that's it. This month, more gratitude. Louise Hennessy here in the United States posted a lovely message in the iTunes store in the form of a listener review. Thank you, Louise. You know, I'm sure you know, you must, this, you must know this every time you open your app. The podcast field is so crowded now and there is so much money in play. It is tough, to be honest. It is tough for an old established podcast like mine to not get swept aside in all this new stuff. So your reviews, your interaction with us on our website, any support at all, it really helps us stay afloat. Thank you. I am grateful. In the spirit of my gratitude, I want to offer you something. I want to offer you something that has been so helpful to me. I want to offer you an experience with DISC. If you have never had a DISC assessment, I'd like you to have one. I just did DISC this week with a leadership team, and it went great. It always goes great. DISC is great. If you are interested, I am making this really simple. I'm going to offer a DISC experience to the first 12 people who sign up. It'll be two 90-minute sessions. You, 11 other people, and me, and the assessment. I'm giving it at a very discounted price. I did not want cost to be a barrier for anyone. There is no button on our website, so you kind of got to know how to get there. There is a link in the show notes, 
and it is on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's dot com slash disc, D-I-S-C. EssentialCom.com slash disc. All the information is there, all the details. The first 12 of you to sign up, we'll do it. And if there are more of you who want to do it, you can put yourself on a wait list, and we'll see what happens. Like I say, really, I would like you to have this tool. It has changed my life. Okay. That was all gratitude for this month. Thank you so much. Before I get into the perspective idea, I just have to ask a question about DISC. I know a lot of you already know the DISC model, so I just have to ask, in this episode, did you recognize the two different styles? Did you know Michael's style? Did you know Estefania's style? So Michael, he was forceful and impatient. There's really only one style he could be, right? A D. And Estefania is a peacemaker. She wants everyone to be happy, and she takes care of everyone. There's only one style she could be, right? An S. As soon as you think of them as representatives of their styles, I think it changes the perspective. And that's the last item I want to talk about, perspective. In order to have a productive style conversation, you have to get some perspective. You have to get some distance. In the story, I asked Estefania to imagine talking from the midpoint of the continuum. That's a good analogy. Another might be being in the stands at a tennis match, right? You're not on the line being a participant. You're off the line watching. One of the phrases that's always been helpful to me, go to the balcony. For me, having grown up in the professional theater, that image has always packed a punch for me. Looking down on yourself from a balcony, I mean, that's perspective, right? Why is perspective so important? Because unless you get perspective, I think you cannot do the thing that is a fundamental part of displaying the look and sound of leadership, which is style flexibility. I think style flexibility is like a secret weapon. I have learned it, and I've seen others learn it through assessments. Assessments show you where you are on a map in relation to others. And now one reason that's important is because effective leaders are always learning about themselves. Yes, that's you about you. That's important. But another reason that dot on the map is important is because it will help you understand yourself in relation to others. It will have language in it that will show you how to flex your style. If you want to dive deeper into style and awareness, I wrote an episode about DISC called Capitalizing on Differences in Style. It's good. Give it a listen. It's linked in the show notes. So is the survey. So is the link for DISC. Four other episodes you might listen to are Conflict and its companion, The Conflict Conversation. That episode has more scripts in it that you can use. And then two episodes about awareness. Leadership and self-deception, self-knowledge as leadership. Hey, coaches, stay tuned. After the sign-off, I have an invitation for you. Thanks, everyone. That's it from me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, coaches, hi. How are you? Are you okay? This is weird times, isn't it? I hope you're okay. Listen, an invitation. It's time sensitive. So this episode is going live Thursday, November 5th, 2020. Next Friday, November the 13th, 
there will be another meeting of the Executive Coaching Special Interest Group that is part of the Los Angeles chapter of ICF, International Coach Federation. By the way, I just have to brag, our chapter got an international award this year for all of our programming. We have a ton of programming, and the Executive Coaching Special Interest Group is one of them. I'm the host there. It's nothing like the podcast. I show up as a learner, just like everybody else. Listen, if you are feeling at all isolated, if you want to feel the embrace of a community, I really want to invite you to come join us. It's 90 minutes. It begins at 10 a.m. Pacific time on the 13th. This time, we're going to be talking about facilitating teams. It's going to be interesting. Sign up at the LA Chapter website. It's icfla.org, icfla.org. Look for events and then special interest groups and then executive coaching. And if you do come, please pop me something in the chat. I would love to say hello. Okay, that's it, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.